You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome back to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. How are you building for your retirement? Do you know for sure that you have the right strategies in place to protect you and your family in the years ahead? Sherry McMillan, the founder and CEO of McMillan Estate Planning, notes that many people overlook a powerful estate planning tool that can be the key to helping families feel free in their retirement years. One of the things that many families have a great concern about is if I'm going to utilize this affluence I've created, and predominantly what happens in my experience is families create their affluence through business ownership, real estate, and then in later life, they move into a cash position, and that's pretty common, and that is what they're going to use for their retirement spending and lifestyle. And so that pool, whether it be RSPs or non-registered money or money in a holding company commonly, is the wealth that we're going to utilize to provide our income stream tax efficiently through the decades ahead. And one of the risk factors, of course, that we all face is how will it be impacted by the economics of the day and year by year. And if we live decades into retirement, it would be unwise to believe that we're going to have consistent growth. We're not. We're going to have the ups and downs and the bumps and the rides along the way like everyone else has historically. But there's some safeguards that can be put in place that you're speaking to. And that is the area of proactive trust planning in our estates. And we suggest all families, no matter what their net worth may be, make sure that they have safeguarded enough of their wealth to provide that lifestyle requirement that they're looking for. So, you know, general rule of thumb is if you want a quarter of a million dollars, if it earns 5%, you're going to want to have $5 million in trust law so it's protected from market correction, it's protected from lawsuits, it's protected from divorce. It is your pension in effect. And what happens is when we put those kinds of protections in place, people can feel very, very calm when we come into an economic downturn or we come into an election, they don't feel scared. And I think that's a really important uh, piece of the puzzle, Peter, because we didn't work this hard our whole life to shift into retirement and be afraid of retirement. That is not a good outcome of a plan. Alternatively, we want to feel free is the word I say. We don't want to be in fear. We want to feel free to do the things we love to do because now we actually have the means to do those things and we actually have the time. And so what we want to do is we want to put some safeguards in place to make sure our asset base is protected. Now, luckily in Canada, we have legislation that allows for that. So we have basically three measures of investment planning available to us in the community. We can invest through the bank system and bank laws in Canada, which unless I buy a GIC, I'm not protecting my capital, nor is it considered private. So I have my asset base at risk than if I, for example, have it in mutual funds or the stock market. And so I can't always rely on it year by year. Most years, thankfully, I should be able to, but not in every case. 
And then we have two other forms of law that are quite interesting that families have not had a lot of exposure in yet. And I say that because I'm optimistic that as estate planning develops in Canada, we're fairly new industry. I'm considered grandma and I've only been in business 20 years. And the industry is about 25 years old where we've had the Society of Trust and Estate. But that being said, in trust and insurance designs, what can happen is your portfolio that you craft for your retirement, whether it be RSP or a holding company or just non-registered money that you have, it can have a principal guarantee associated with it. And the great part about that is as you make profit through the years, because there will always be cycles where we can make profit, we actually freeze the profit as part of your original capital. So it's part of your principal. So if you have a good year and you make your 5%, then ultimately you take that 250000 of profit and you freeze it as part of your original capital. And so what happens for our families is when we build their retirement in this way, there's no fear. They feel very calm. They feel very safe. When we go through economic downturns, they know their asset base is safe and it's going to be providing them the lifestyle that they hadn't been planning on. They're not correcting. And, you know, there's nothing that makes me sadder as an estate planner to hear about, you know, a retiree that says, I had to go back to work because I lost a whole bunch of value in the market. I'm like, oh my goodness, they just needed a proactive plan and trust and they wouldn't have to go back to work. They could just choose to do what they love. And so I think that this is an area that will develop in the years to come. The great part is when I started in the field 20 years ago, Peter, there wasn't guarantees for people past the ages of say 70s and 80s. And today we have guarantees for people all the way up to age 100. So I can have a 90 year old that has an estate date and we can find a guarantee in the institutions now. So I think it's a real blessing that we have this in Canada and we're one of the very few countries in the whole world that has it. Doing business in the UK with our London office, we have a lot of British families who say, can I bring my wealth here into Canada to protect it because we don't have such a thing over here in trust law. So it is a real unique opportunity that we all have. And it's not to say everything has to be under trust, but you can make sure that the bulk of your wealth is safe and then you can play with a portion that you can afford to risk and you're not concerned about that's not going to jeopardize your retirement designs. I dare say we have listeners to this program today who are multinational in terms of their asset base. They may be headquartered here in Calgary. They may work here in Calgary. They may own a business in Calgary, but they may own property in BC or in the United States, or they may have satellite offices in London, England, or they may have any number of things that all of a sudden make their business more than just a provincial operation. All of that has tax consequences, particularly in the event of something sudden happening. All of it uh, requires a little planning or um, too much is lost because the foresight wasn't there to put something in place to protect it. It is a real dilemma for many families because as they grow their estates, what can happen is they may have particular assets in one jurisdiction and other assets in another jurisdiction and the rules are not complementary between the jurisdictions. And this happens frequently with families, for example, that want to snowbird in the United States. Because when you snowboard in the United States, you have to be very conscientious that you're not considered an American citizen for the purposes of estate tax because they charge you estate tax on the value of your estate not on the gain that's occurring and there's no offsetting credit in Canada for that. So what can happen is if I have a Canadian family that's snowboarding too frequently, I would call it, in the America, then all of a sudden they're exposing even their Canadian estate to that particular risk. Now what we're seeing more and more often to Peter in modern family 
is not only are we snowboarding and have assets in many jurisdictions or business interests in many jurisdictions, our children are dispersing and they aren't just living locally the way they once did. So many of our families have children abroad. We have some children that are living in Dubai and um, Australia and some children in America. And what happens is the way in which they inherit will look differently than if they were all local within Canada, for example. So what we have to do is we first of all have to understand the rules of that jurisdiction where the residency is of the person inheriting and what the taxation situation will be. There's one more piece, though, that's quite interesting is the legality of it, too, because it's not as simple as tax. It's also another facet of all good planning is that we have to consider the law. And so, for example, in BC, as you mentioned, if I have a cottage there, I'm not allowed to treat my children disequally. Even if my son has put a ton of sweat equity into the BC cottage, I'm not allowed to give him a higher ratio of that cottage than, say, my daughter. Now, there's ways around that, Peter, but you have to plan in the jurisdiction that allows you legally to plan that way. And so you may decide to have a trust in Alberta to hold your cottage so that you can give 75% of the cottage to your son who's put all that sweat equity in and 25% of it to your daughter. Because if you try and do that through a will in BC, legally you won't be allowed. And so there's many facets. It's the game I always call it, one of my most favorite lawyers that unfortunately has now passed, he used to say, trying to play the tax game and trying to play the legal game is trying to play Monopoly and Scrabble all in one game and mm. trying to sort it out. I love both games, but I can't imagine mixing them up. Yes, and you know every legislational change that happens in the courts and new precedents that occur alter how we would look at things. And then, of course, new governments come in and they put their new stamp on it. And ultimately, that's why I always say any good estate planner acknowledges that they're maybe two or three years old at best all the time on a perpetual basis, because consistently these legislational changes are occurring and impacting us as families. So when you complete an estate plan, you want to look at every jurisdiction properly, both from the angle of tax and law, but then you also want to be very conscientious that probably every two or five years, you want to reassess it and say, does it still fit what the new regimes are bringing in for tax and law as well? A life plan, a tax plan, a legal plan, and a legacy plan. These are the four cornerstones of Macmillan Estate Planning. And you can learn more about Macmillan's life and legacy approach at their next seminar, which will be presented Thursday evening, April 27th. You can register online at macmillanestate.com or call Macmillan Estate Planning during office hours Monday through Friday at 403-266-6464. This is The Strong Room. At Macmillan Estate Planning, our team includes professional trust and estate practitioners, chartered accountants, financial planners, and legal professionals who assist you to design the estate plan that will ensure you build, protect, and enjoy your wealth. The information provided is general and may not be suited to your objectives or sufficient to ensure the protection of you and your family. You should not act on this information without providing Macmillan the opportunity to ensure that it is suitable for your estate plan.